0: Oh, I do want to talk about Min really quick. Min is the god of fertility, reproduction, and lettuce. Good for her. Uh, him. him. Uh,
1: Folks, let me tell you a story about Min the Moocher. He <laughs> was a low down hoochie coocher.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, we're doing it again. Okay? Yeah. <laughs>
1: okay, kids. Uh, This is take two of uh, chapters 21 through 40 of The Da Vinci Code. For the Dan Brown Code Podcast, which is what you're listening to, I'm Forrest.
0: I'm Lena. If the energy is off today, it's because we've already done this.
1: Yeah, my computer rebelled against me. I complained about it on the Twitter. Um, Microsoft is in league with the Illuminati and Opus Dei and the Priory of Scion. am like the
0: Catholic Church. And whatever. the Catholic
1: Church. And uh, it's forcing updates on me in the middle of recording. If it does it again, then um, I'm going to explode with rage. <laughs> But Let's systems look not. go for now. Okay. And I'll so, keep an
0: eye on it from yeah. back here.
1: Okay. Chapter 21 of the Da Vinci Code. We've so, just decoded some anagrams.
0: Yeah. My last note for the last section was uh, the Declaration of Independence. And my first note for this section is the Declaration of Independence because this is our Declaration of Independence moment. Um <clears throat> In, in this book, I think. Like, we have to... We're not stealing the Mona Lisa, but we are... We're just going to look at it. are just going to look at it. Yeah.
1: Uh, Robert Langdon's the one who decoded the anagram, but Sophie's like, oh, I should have decoded it. I'm the cryptologist. And Robert Langdon's like, yeah, but you're also a lady.
0: Yeah. I mean, <laughs> she should have. Um, we know from this section that her... She knows that her grandfather is an avid, like
1: anagramist
0: <laughs> anagramist um but somehow that didn't really come to mind oh and he like makes anagrams of works of art mm-hmm. all the time like, yeah that's his he thing.
1: got one time a bunch of those uppity picasso fans got mad at him for making an anagram out of uh les demoiselles d'avignon and he called it vile meaningless doodles on a tv show and all the picasso fans got mad and sent in angry letters or something <laughs>
0: they were not amused um Yeah, I feel like Robert should stay in his lane. I mean, very recently he said, I'm never going to talk again, and now he's, like, stepping over, um, what's her name? Vittoria? No, Sophie.
1: (laughs) She's a very different character. Yeah, she's Uh, she's actually
0: hot, this one.
1: No. No. No, she's, 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 uh, distracting, but not, like, conventionally attractive, I think.
0: I'm so tired of this. Uh,
1: but she's... Angular where Vittoria was smooth or vice versa. No, no, or no she has
0: soft features. Remember oh, her strength radiated from surprisingly soft features? Yes. Okay. Yeah. One of
1: them one of them's angular. I don't the know. The other one's
0: angular. <laughs>
1: uh but in when she was young, she didn't think she was beautiful. As we learn, we get a little flashback to her and her grandpa in the Louvre at the first time she gets to see the Mona Lisa.
0: Yeah. Um there's a little French note here where she says, uh Le Louvre c'est pas chez moi because he's like, You should speak uh, English at home and then French in public. Mm-hmm. And she's like, well, we're not home. And they use Chez Moi here. Um, but, like, as I said in the last time we tried to record this episode... There's nothing
1: like trying to have the same conversation <laughs> the second day in a row. It's really good. <laughs> it's Guys, we recorded, the, we recorded the best podcast in the world yesterday, and, and you'll never hear it. Microsoft stole it from, from, <laughs> from me, from you, from the listener. It's...
0: Oh man! I'm so angry
1: about it. <laughs> so uh, anyways, the young Sophie was not impressed by the Mona Lisa.
0: No, because she was, uh, what, fuzzy? Foggy?
1: Yeah, yeah. in the sfumato style of painting.
0: Um, it's cute. Every time we have like a little flashback to her and her grandfather, I'm like, oh, you know? Mm-hmm. It makes me feel good. I mean, it makes me a little sad that he's dead and that she... Overreacted to something that doesn't matter and cut them out, which we don't get to in this section.
1: Nor yeah, but we do get roughly 50 pages of foreshadowing about it. Like, Oh, my grandpa did a horrible thing. I'll never forgive him for the thing he did. The thing I saw my grandpa doing. Oh my God.
0: (laughs) And a flashback to when she saw it, skipping over the thing Mm -hmm. that she saw much like we got with, um, Robert Langdon's like Batman story. Oh
1: yeah. His fall in the well. He's like,
0: Oh, I could, I'm just remembering the darkness and the, and the fall and the enclosed "Hmm."
1: space and the bats all around me. The bats. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> um, in the wake of her memory, Sophie decides that she's going to go look at the Mona Lisa and she says that Robert should take her car and go to the embassy where he'll be safe. And cause he's solved his part, of the mystery. And so he can go and try to get away from the cops, at the embassy.
0: And he shoots his shot here. He's like, you got to stop calling me Mr. Langdon. Oh, I forgot about
1: that part. Yeah, <laughs> So gross. It's
0: very gross. Um, I, okay. Um, so he gets, uh, he's at the bottom of the stairs and he wants, he, he reminds us uh, where he teaches.
1: Is, is it, um, fuck, where is it?
0: It's, um, like a, like a, some kind of like college outside of Boston. Oh
1: yeah. Like a little private school just outside of Boston. Just outside of Boston. Yeah, Boston. that's the one.
0: Um, but anyway, he realizes that like he's supposed to be found, he, he, he like it can't just be Sophie doing this on her own. Like, there's a reason that Sonier wanted Langdon a part of this. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so- P.S.
1: find Robert Langdon, and Sophie said herself that she should have figured out the anagram, so that can't be why they want a Robert Langdon.
0: Right, and, you know, like, unlike Angels and Demons, it looks like Robert Langdon's presence will make a difference in this plot.
1: We can only hope.
0: <laughs> um, but he runs back upstairs at his own, like... What word am I looking for? Uh, I believe endangering that, uh, his own interests. Yeah, and know. I
1: believe he has, in your usual parlance, a Jimmy Neutron b- brain blast oh, yeah. about the letters P.S. <laughs> that they mean something different that he's fixating on, and he's like, "Oh my God, this makes sense now." Uh, <laughs> a career's worth of symbology and history came crashing down around him. Oh God! Everything Jacques Saunier had done tonight suddenly made perfect sense, and so he goes back up the stairs to find Sophie.
0: Yeah, he's like, is there time? But it doesn't matter when symbology is at stake. Mm-mm. No, it doesn't. This is like 24.
1: Symbology but... is more important than freedom. <laughs>
0: That's right. Um, okay. Uh, our, our, has that seen this episode? Silas? Silas. Oh, gosh. Um, he's in a of Peace, and he sees the rose line, which we get a whole chapter on.
1: Yeah, can you sum it up in literally one sentence? It's
0: <laughs> it's where the old meridian used to be, and it's also used as an ancient sundial.
1: Wow, you 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 <laughs> accomplish everything Dan Brown did in three pages in <laughs> one sentence. Congratulations!
0: Thank you. Uh, I should write books. I should do like good cliff notes of this. Um, I mean, that's what this book, this podcast is, right? Like, don't read the books. Listen to listen us. listen to us
1: talk about the books. Yeah. Uh, I. St- man this is the best-selling novel of all time it can't be said enough <laughs> and like it could be i don't know 50 percent shorter and be better for it
0: 100 percent. yeah it could make up less shit and be like a little more interesting and yeah. a little more concise and like less langdon i don't know how to say it all these books could benefit from less langdon yes um anyway, so the rose line is in this church and it's at like a weird angle, right? Because mm-hmm. it's it's a north south line and churches in Paris aren't like on a grid or anything. Um and then of course there's an obelisk because obelisks are the only symbol.
1: The lofty pyramid. The
0: lofty pyramid and it's thirty three feet tall, um, which of course a French guy would measure it in feet. Um I didn't think about this yesterday. Nor did
1: I <laughs> <laughs> but when they built it, they were probably still using, if not feet, some other like weird ass horn measurement that may or may not have been feet.
0: Yeah, but again, it's like what 2004 when si- Sil- Silas is looking at but it. But
1: Silas is permanently living in like the year 1252 or some shit
0: or a Dickensian novel. Yeah. Yes. Anyway, so he follows the rose line to the base of the obelisk and then realizes that like. Um, he. This is this is where it is. This is where the keystone is. Everything. We're skipping over a lot of paragraph yeah, the, here. The,
1: the Sene Show told him that the keystone for the priory, whatever the fuck, would be beneath the symbol of the rose and the Eglise Saint piece. That's
0: right. Um. So there's that. I, I I had like a. Again, I want to talk about these bad sentences here because <laughs> I'm still mad about it. Uh, yeah. Let me. I'm gonna read it to you again. <laughs> The question for early navigators was which of these lines would be called the rose line, the zero longitude, the line from which all other longitudes on Earth would be measured, period, enter. Today that line was in Greenwich, England, period, enter. But it had not always been, period, enter. And as you said, today that line was in Greenwich, England should be in the previous paragraph. It is very bad writing, like it's bad formatting and it's ugly on the page because like it creates like a neck between the top half of this page and like the little underneath and it's bad. Anything to say there?
1: No, just seconded Robert Dan Brown was an English teacher and should be better at, uh, cohering his ideas into an elegant form than he is
0: an English. But I mean, uh,
1: uh yeah, he got his job primarily as far as I can tell just through nepotism. Uh, his, the school he taught at for most of his career is the school where his parents taught and then he was educated and uh, then he returned there to teach. And I have to assume that he only got that job by his family connections. Because I don't think he even, I don't think he went to grad school at any point. Oh, no? I don't think so. But he
0: wears a tweed and a turtleneck in his picture. Yeah, he's a
1: big phony. He's a faker.
0: <laughs> can you even get Harris tweed if you don't go to grad school?
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's hard. you to get a permit, but you can do it.
0: <laughs> I wonder how much Harris tweed costs. You can keep talking. It's like talking. Spe-
1: it's like special wool I think, right? From Harris. Uh anyways, as Silas is walking up this rose line, Bishop Aringorosa is landing in Rome and he's plotting and God's going to give him power to make him the most powerful man in Christendom as long as tonight's plan goes correctly.
0: Uh right. Sorry, I was looking at jackets. Give me just a second. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm really close to figuring out how much this
1: Yeah, we're sourcing costs. our Harris tweed. <laughs>
0: It's a really nice cut. Um,
1: I have a tweed jacket.
0: Is it Harris? I don't believe so. So what is the point? It's it
1: looks nice, although mods have gotten at the sleeves a little bit, which is unfortunate.
0: I'm sorry. That's, that's I still really wear sad. it, but um, it's two hundred and ninety three dollars. One of these jackets, which while pricing... on a Harvard
1: teacher salary, it's... <laughs> <laughs> so
0: like not. Like not ridiculous.
1: No, but when you're the best-selling novelist in the world, yeah,
0: you want Versace tweed, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> what do you think Dan Brown wears Harris tweed?
1: Right? Probably. I mean, uh, uh, in the in his image on the back of my jacket of Angels and Demons, he's wearing exactly what Robert Langdon describes wearing the lecture a turtleneck with a tweed jacket. So I assume it's Harris tweed nothing but the best for Dan Brown. He
0: looks so goofy. He looks like he would play he's a rube a fucking, on Breaking Bad. Yeah. You
1: know? Yeah. He's like shitty Gale. Like <laughs> where Gale was endearing Dan Brown's like kind of a, he looks like kind of a, a shit. I don't think I'd like Dan Brown.
0: I don't think so either. Um, it's a good thing we're, um, antagonizing him. Yeah, every I've done, I've done to be
1: fair, I've done nothing to make him be nice to me aside from <laughs> buy his books.
0: Um, so Sophie it, has gone back upstairs and she's, Oh, this is chapter 23. She's gone back upstairs and she's in the Sal D'Etat.
1: Yep, and um, she's thinking about the horrible things her grandfather did. He lied to her, kept appalling secrets. What was she supposed to do?
0: Probably get over it. You'd think so. <laughs> um, And there's a line here. Now her grandfather was dead and he was talking to her from the grave. And I want to point out that he's just laying there on the floor. He's not in a grave. And I know it's a metaphorical grave, but I'm... <laughs>
1: It's still it's inelegant still writing.
0: <laughs> again, to be the best-selling novel of all time, like, I'm upset that so many people have read this and thought, yeah, you know?
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: Including myself. I was also duped into liking this book. Well, I mean, again, it's a fun book, but it's not a good book.
1: Now this chapter is a thing that I don't even understand why it's there. Sophie realizes that she should bring a belt black light because if there's anything that's in the Mona Lisa room, he'd probably have written it in the black light marker. So she goes back to the corpse to get the black light pen and then comes back to the Salda's is to see the painting and is spooked because Robert Langdon's there now. And so we just got this whole farcical in and out of door <laughs> thing for no fucking reason.
0: Yeah. It's not again, elegant. Um, I have a question about Seor's plan here. Mm-hmm. so he so he knows that Sophie's a cryptologist and that he, in his mind, she remembers that uh, he knows he does anagrams, right? Mm-hmm. So, in his mind, only Sophie would realize that the Fibonacci sequence was out of order and only she would be able to undo the anagrams and then find the words on the Mona Lisa and then realize that it's what that means. And, like, I think the whole cryptology department's going to see it.
1: I mean, I think the idea is she would figure it out before anybody else and would therefore get to the stuff before whoever else would be following. (laughs) We're
0: trying to prevent spoilers for, like, five minutes from now.
1: (laughs) Yeah, well, I mean, I, I think the idea is, like, because surely if like it's a, tomorrow morning or whatever and the janitor's going through rounds or whatever or at any point they're moving paintings. Mm. If Sophie hadn't figured it out like that night, then somebody else would have... Then either the drawings would be gone or someone would have found something else or just something else would have gone down. Got so it. I think this, I think it's just she was going to figure it out immediately.
0: Do you think that someone goes around and like windexes all the paintings? I hope so. <laughs> Anyway, so Dan Brown is on the scene. Um,
1: Robert Langdon's on the scene.
0: Oh. <laughs> oh, okay. It's
1: Sunday. <laughs> um,
0: oh, sorry. Before Robert Langdon's on the scene, we get a flashback, right? Uh, no, he's, that's not He's true. already
1: here. He's, he, he asks her if the letters P-S mean anything to her beyond Princess Sophie.
0: Um... And she doesn't say postscript, but she does launch into a flashback where, in which she is little, very cute. She's uh, about to be nine years old, and um, she is looking for her birthday present because she knows he hid it somewhere, and she's hoping it's this doll. And he's like, she's like snooping in the room that she's not supposed to snoop in, his bedroom, and going through his drawers. And he and she finds this like beautiful necklace with a
1: key on it. Well, she finds it in a drawer with these weird black clothes she's never seen her grandpa wear oh
0: right yeah um so like a neck it's 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 this key um it's not really a necklace right is it no she
1: she sees a sign. thing is like oh it's a necklace for me and then like takes that and it's just a key, key and you know
0: like, how oh. when you buy like a necklace you put it she's in- like a jackdaw <laughs> <laughs> um so it says it has like a a Flowery design, and then it says "P.S." on it. And her grandpa walks in, and she's like, "Oh shit! Like, I really, totally stepped red-handed. in this one, you know." And now she's like, "I'm not going to get a present." And then the whole day of her birthday, like, he doesn't say anything, and she doesn't get anything. She's like, "Well, it's just as well. Like, I really, I really messed that up." But then, when she goes to bed, she finds a little envelope on her, on her, on her pillow, and. Or is it a card? It's a note card. It's a note, yeah. Whatever. And then it's um it's a treasure hunt.
1: So she gets to hunt all around the house and presumably like the yard and stuff, and is flitting back and forth until the clues lead her back to her room and there's a shining new red bicycle. Shining. Shining.
0: Shining.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> um and then she talks to her grandpa, and she's like, I'm so sorry that I did the thing that I wasn't supposed to do. And he says, grandfathers and granddaughters always forgive each other.
1: Ooh, foreshadowing. So bad. Unless they do something unforgivable.
0: <laughs> I can't wait to get to that, because, like,
1: it's Guys, so get, forgivable. Get, no, get your hopes up. It'll be worth it.
0: <laughs> um... So he she tells Robert about um, all of this, all the the key and the flower and a fleur de lis. She does she tell him that no she doesn't.
1: Uh, no, she 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 mentions that oh, there was that she saw the initials on something that was important to her grandpa, and oh, okay. then Robert's like, was it by any chance in conjunction with the fleur de lis? And she's like, how could you know that? Excuse me, <laughs> how could you know that? Um, ugh, God, I lost my French accent. I'm terrible. Oh, no.
0: How's, how are um, we going to go on today? Uh,
1: when we get to fashion, I can spend some time and get it back.
0: <laughs> um, and so he goes and explains about the Priory of Sion. Um, and it's a bunch of lies,
1: right? It's just bullshit. The Priory of Sion doesn't exist is the end <laughs> of the thing. It was invented by some guy in like the 50s or 60s. And then he pretended it was an ancient order. And it just isn't.
0: It goes on for quite some time. The Priory of Scion, for our purposes, is a pagan goddess worship cult. And they are the guardians of an ancient secret. And that exists in like a a three-line paragraph. And we don't need the rest of it.
1: And well, it's important that Da Vinci was the grandmaster from 1510 to 19.
0: Yeah. And so she's like, could that explain?
1: My grandfather's love for Leonardo Da Vinci?
0: Or no, it says, I think it's. Yet, even as she dismissed it, she felt her mind reeling back 10 years to the night she had mistakenly surprised Uh, her grandfather and witnessed uh, what she still could not accept. Could that explain? Mm -hmm. Could it it explain? Maybe. Who knows? Who knows? I mean, as soon as we get to the description of what she saw, it will explain it. It will. Um, (laughs) But then we do some some stupid brain blasting. Oh, God. (laughs) Where he goes... She's like still yapping, you know. Women be yapping. Yep. Um, And he's like, he's 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 tuned her out at this point because he's he's on he's on the hunt.
1: When Robert Langdon's brain is working, he can't hear womanly frequencies of speech. Yeah,
0: (laughs) he can only hear Laurel. He can't hear hear Yanny, (laughs) right? Um, So
1: that's gonna mark this podcast at a certain point in time.
0: (laughs) (laughs) But he's like the fleur de lis, the flower of Lisa the Mona Lisa it for the I don't want you I want y'all to know in case you haven't seen the word fleur-de-lis written out it's spelled f-l-e-u-r dash d-e dash l-i-s so the Li part ends with an s and so here it looks like he just added an a to the word lee but you can't really do that um
1: it also like it means the flower of lily is what fleur-de-lis means it doesn't mean the flower of lisa like dan robert langdon seems to be intimating here and it's it's just bad etymology it's stupid um i don't know how you get flower mad.
0: out of mona i don't know how you get lisa out of lee because lee means lily
1: it's fucking stupid it makes me want to
0: oh there's a sentence that i did not see before um it was all intertwined. A silent symphony echoing the deepest secrets of the Priory of Scion and Leonardo da Vinci. Just bad.
1: I mean, a silent symphony echoing the deepest secrets was the name of a song my emo band did in high school.
0: <laughs> I've forgotten Panic at the Disco Song. Yeah.
1: <laughs> um, and meanwhile, on the riverbank, Beyond Les Invalides... Um, a bewildered truck driver is still at gunpoint. By the way, <laughs> they haven't lowered their guns, and the captain of the judicial police lets out a guttural roar of rage and heaves a bar of soap out into the turgid waters of the Seine. That
0: might be my favorite thing that happens in this whole book.
1: It's actually. fucking incredible. I just
0: like the, the scene of like the camera is on the um the truck driver and it's quiet, right? Because he's <laughs> inside the the cab of the of the truck and he just sees Fush going like.
1: <laughs> <Merde>. <laughs> there you go. This wily American <laughs> Carson. Um, all right,
0: back to Sansulfis.
1: Yeah. Um, Silas, Silas is doing is an eye is... eye imitation. Yesterday, <laughs> Lena taught me bio- zoology, biology, animal shit, zoology. and now I'm going to pretend like I knew it all along. <laughs> um.
0: Um. <laughs> Yeah, i eyes. say t- you know this. They have five fingers. Four of them are normal. One of them is monstrously long. And then for the normal fingers, they tap on tree trunks to find grubs. And then with the long finger, they like reach for grubs and they get them out. And it's amazing. So he's eye eyeing.
1: Um, he's knocking along the brass line, looking for a hollow bit. Yeah. And then he finds one, and then he goes off for something so he can break this tile and get at what's underneath. Get at those grubs.
0: <laughs> those uh, those secret grubs.
1: And Sister Sandrine's watching it all. And And she's got her own secret. Is that it? Yep. It's a stupid chapter. (laughs) And then we get to learn about the U.S. Embassy in Paris.
0: Yeah. So Fash calls them, and uh, he pretends to be Robert Langdon.
1: Hello. It is me, Robert Langdon. (laughs) I believe you have a message for me. (laughs) My French accent's crossing over with... You know, at the beginning of uh, Muppet Treasure Island, and he comes walking, he's like, Billy Bones, <laughs> it's me, Bland Pugh. <laughs> I know it's you, Billy Bones. I recognize that fluffy mug anywhere. Wow. Uh, that, that accent's crossing over with my French accent. It's very I have, bad.
0: I have a question. Uh-huh. So he says, I have forgotten my three-digit access code. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, no, 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 no. I get it now. Forget my question. Yeah.
1: Bezu Fash is doing some sneaky work and imitating Robert Langdon because, as you may recall, when Sophie Naveau came in to the Louvre and gave Robert Langdon her phone saying, oh, you have a message. And then Bezu Fash is like, no, use my phone. And so he called what he believed was the embassy for a voicemail. And then it turned out to be Sophie's voicemail where she left a message for him saying he was in danger. And so now Fash, after he's been fooled by the bar of soap in the truck, is trying to backtrack Robert's steps. So he calls the same embassy and says, ah, I believe there was a message for me. I have my three digit pin. And they're like, uh, we don't have three digit pins. We have five digit pins. And also that system's old anyways. And he's like, oh, foiled again. So he knows that it's not the embassy with the voicemail. But since the call was made on his phone, he can go back into calls that were made. And then he calls and gets Sophie's voicemail and enters the numbers. And then he can get the same message as Robert Langdon and learns that Sophie Naveau was, in fact, in on the trick.
0: That's right. That's right.
1: That was a much longer explanation than it needed to be.
0: This is why he is the, the head of the FBI or whatever. This the is why judicial he's, police. Yeah. The, the
1: gendarmerie.
0: <laughs> That's why he's Action Poirot. You mm-hmm. know, he's the best at this job. That's why um, Chartrand, what's the name of of the guy who loves him so much? Uh,
1: Colet.
0: Colet. He's just, like, in the corner, just like, <laughs> man.
1: He's basking in his glow.
0: Oh, yeah. Okay, so we're... Um,
1: Back to the Salle des Etats.
0: Yeah, back to the farm. Um, so we go talk... We're, we're going to go uh, investigate the Mona Lisa, uh, or La Joconde as, as she is called in France, which is true. I looked it up. It's because it, it is rumored to be a painting of Madame Lisa Giacondo. Um, Fair enough. So, you know, those French just uh, taking those last names and morphing them around. Um, we get... Oh, I want to say really quick, happy Pride for us. Oh, yeah, because uh, we we, oh, we should yeah. celebrate because this we're is we're about uh,
1: to go into like slur central. Yeah,
0: this section is not good for uh, like LGBT rights or sensitivity or it's bad.
1: It's time for another lecture about art, but this time it's going to get a little bit saucy. So it can't be at the normal Harvard classroom. It's going to be. Uh, at a correctional facility where robert langdon is giving a lecture series and what he and his harvard colleagues like to call um shit uh
0: culture for convicts culture for
1: convicts
0: yikes oh but no he 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 wouldn't call it right it says langdon's colleagues would call it culture for convicts yeah
1: langdon himself is more sensitive than that as we'll learn
0: (laughs) it's very erudite um Okay, so he's talking to convicts who I assume are informed by uh, Con Air. And Con
1: Air, uh, The Green Mile. Um, two episodes of
0: NYPD Blue.
1: And one of Dragnet. <laughs> um,
0: they're all like, they all have like tattoos that say mom on their shoulder.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> they're just, they're just <laughs> various Popeye caricatures. <laughs> Blue those in the back.
0: Um, so go ahead.
1: (laughs) Yeah. So Langdon's explaining that, uh, due to tricks of light in the background, Mona Lisa appears larger on the left side than on the right side. And he says that's because the left side is associated with the divine feminine. And then one of the convicts is like, Hey, I had to, because Da Vinci was a slur.
0: (laughs) Um, Yeah. The F slur gets thrown around. He's a small guy with a goatee.
1: Yeah. He's uh he sounds like that. And London's <laughs> like, Oh, historians don't generally put it quite that way, but yes. Da Vinci was a homosexual. Is that why he was in the whole feminine thing? Uh the criminals sound kind of like if Harley Quinn were me. <laughs>
0: were me <laughs> Uh, <laughs> and then he, he explains about how it's really about the balance mm-hmm. Between uh, m- male and female elements You mean like chicks with dicks? <laughs> it's actually a different guy now It's just someone oh, called Oh shit <laughs>
1: gotta... It could be the same guy You don't know
0: <laughs> I don't know <laughs> um, So great Great work so far um, And then this elicited a hearty round of laughs And Langdon's like Maybe I should explain the etymology of the word hermaphrodite Which <laughs> like <laughs> A, not what a quote chicks with dicks would mean. And like. So it's irrelevant. And also, it's still like not great for intersex people. No. <laughs>
1: like. It's also weird that he decides not to because he thinks it would be lost on this crowd as if like the other shit he's talking about is not <laughs> a roughly equal pop science y like pop culture or. or fuck. Uh. I don't know, pop academia-style level of lecturing. Yeah,
0: yeah. Um, so.
1: Hey, Mr. Langford, a muscle-bound man. <laughs> Langford, <laughs> muscle-bound. I
0: like that. Hey,
1: Mr. Langford, is it true that the Mona Lisa is a picture of Da Vinci in drag? I heard that was true.
0: You, you know what you sound like? You sound like uh anytime John Mulaney does... Like, an impression of someone who's, like, a little rougher around the edges. Yeah. (laughs) Like, when he does his iced tea impression.
1: Oh, God, I love iced tea.
0: (laughs) Me, too. Um, So we're talking about and so he talks about how it's a subtle message of androgyny and the
1: fusing of masculine and feminine you sure it's not just some Harvard bullshit way of saying the Mona Lisa's one ugly chick
0: and then Langdon laughs and he says you may be right because androgyny is ugly
1: (laughs) (laughs) it's a well documented fact that nobody's ever wanted to fuck David Bowie (laughs) Prince anybody androgynous (laughs) my graduation speaker Annie Lennox (laughs) you mentioned yesterday yes
0: um when uh, lady gaga was she her male alter ego oh yeah
1: um what was his fucking name
0: i forget but i was into it
1: i was not but <laughs> no i was into it lady yeah i don't know
0: <laughs> um anyway so now he wants to talk about uh, the etymology <laughs> of the <Mona> Lisa. <laughs> and i
1: guess has anybody ever heard of the egyptian god amon hell yes the big guy said god of masculine fertility is that true?
0: Um, well, I want to get to the uh, box of Amon condoms first before <laughs> I discuss it. Uh, yeah, so Langdon was like, what do you mean? A convict would know what an Egyptian, you know, god says so was in every for? box
1: of Amon condoms, <laughs> it's got a guy with the ram's head on the front and he says he's the Egyptian god of fertility. <laughs> fuck yeah. He doesn't say fuck yeah. No,
0: he doesn't. Um, so Amon condoms don't They're exist. they prisoners, not sailors. Right. Amon condoms don't exist. Uh, I looked it up. Again, as is the case with many of my of my research uh, adventures, the only reference I could find was to this book.
1: So, uh, marketing departments out there, get on it, Amon condoms. <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh, or maybe more appropriately, Amon Min condoms, because as I discussed yesterday, Amon uh, is not the god, Amon uh, alone is not the god of masculine fertility. Amon is like a creator god, maybe like an Odin analog or a Zeus analog, um, th- like the king of all gods. He's like a sun and wind god okay. also. Um, he is often combined with Ray. Uh, Rey. Yeah. or ra uh, into like a all-powerful sun god that's um, one of the
1: fun things about egyptian is that we don't know what their vowels are so <laughs> it could be ra it could be re no yeah. one's really sure
0: but you know i'm on our schwa you know yeah <laughs> right <laughs> um and then sometimes he's combined with <clears throat> min and when he is combined with Amon-min, he has the head of a ram and becomes the god of masculine fertility. But Amon alone, like you can't have Amon, it would have to be Amon-min condoms, which is not as uh,
1: Okay, catchy. but surely Dan Brown didn't get it wrong that Amon's consort is Isis, right? He got that part right?
0: No, he absolutely did not. Oh, no.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> because as as we should all know, Osiris is... Isis's counterpart. Now, if you're yeah. going to talk about specifically the fertility aspect, Isis isn't strictly the goddess of fertility. She's a goddess of magic.
1: Yeah. they they. But like
0: everyone's kind of a fertility god anyway. I was gonna say
1: Ninety percent of Egyptian gods are fertility gods. Right. Let's be a little bit fair.
0: Egyptian. Hold on. I'm going to look it up.
1: But then Robert Langdon explains that one way you can say Isis is L apostrophe Isa, and when you combine Ammon and Isa. Then it looks kinda like Mona Lisa, sort of. <laughs> so that's why Da Vinci called it that, because they definitely knew the names of Egyptian gods in Da Vinci's time, because they decoded hieroglyphs. Um they had not. They might they probably knew ISIS because ISIS got like there were various Isis cults around in the classical and Hellenistic periods. Right. But I don't think Amun was like a well known guy.
0: Um I can read you a bunch of uh fertility there's like a million fertility goddesses
1: oh wonderful um
0: um are we done with this chapter or not quite yet
1: uh we're pretty much done with it they they run a black light across the mona lisa and see six words scrawled across it earlier in the chapter robert langdon or dan brown describes black light as being first bluish and then purplish because he's really good at describing things so good fucking idiot <laughs> And then we're back with Coley, who's on the phone with Fash, and I think all that happens is that um, Fash wants Langdon to vote at gunpoint, so he tells Coley to tell the museum guard to go find them and hold them at gunpoint. Yeah. And then he sends off half of his men to go wait at the embassy to head off Robert Langdon in case he goes there. He's
0: also deduced that Sophie must be still inside the... Yes the um, yeah so he's, she was
1: hiding like a statue i
0: it's it's just a good it's a good chapter again is the best at his job although he is uh foiled by the embassy many times and has <laughs> never gotten his guy he seems very competent mm-hmm. like uh, again like action paro like uh i forget the name of the actor Help. kenneth brana kenneth brana's uh hercule paro because yeah
1: when he <laughs> chases that guy <laughs> under the train tracks and that fucking stupid chase scene for no reason <laughs>
0: And when he gets like shot at and then like wrestles the doctor who is a military man, his
1: mustache gives him power.
0: (laughs) Because uh, the David Suchet Poirot is very portly and once got like gout or something.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, gout is the funniest disease you can (laughs) have. Have you seen Mad Max? Fury? You've seen Mad Max. It's my Fury favorite Road. movie. Okay, man, the fucking gout guy in that one.
0: Oh, with the nipple rings. <laughs> Ooh, that
1: rules.
0: Oh man, he has. I'm sorry, he's got a, a waistcoat with the nipples cut out. So yeah. you can see his nipple rings. It's amazing. I want to watch that movie again. Frank
1: Miller, not Frank Miller. Um, what's his fucking name? George Miller. Mm. I think it was George Miller. Mm-hmm. I should know that. He's a genius.
0: Yeah, so good, man. Watch that. Don't don't read this book.
1: Uh, the six words painted across or scrawled across the frame of the Mona Lisa are so dark. The con of man, which sets Robert Langdon off on this whole thing is like, genius brilliant jacques Saunier summed up the entire idea of the Prior of scion in one phrase yes truly mankind has conned us into forgetting the sacred feminine yes of course this is what he was talking about this treasure hunt has all been worth it for this phrase
0: i'm sorry to talk about lady Aga again um, but have you seen that video of her going like amazing brilliant never been done before yes. eat it up <laughs> like that's what he's doing here it's
1: fucking wild <laughs>
0: (laughs) And she's like, "Uh, probably this isn't it because he would want me to like get a clue for it's a treasure hunt. So probably so dark the con of man is like something else. And he's like, oh, Sophie thinks it's something
1: else. (laughs) She's so stupid.
0: (laughs) But uh, so dark indeed. It really says this this this, this elegantly
1: well phrased out thing is clearly the end goal of this whole enterprise. (laughs) So
0: dark the con of man is so bad. Uh, And then we get into um, this. Like, very long description of the con of man. (laughs) Yeah,
1: and an idiot's description of what the Inquisition was like, where we learn that, uh, what, the church killed five million women.
0: Yeah, and uh, I did some research right here on this podcast, in (laughs) fact, when we were recording it the first time.
1: You guys are going to miss that five-minute Google break we took.
0: (laughs) Um, But basically what we found, I'll read it to you. The large-scale persecution, prosecution, and execution of witches in these centuries was an extraordinary phenomenon. It is also an episode of European history that has spawned many myths and much inaccuracy. Dan Brown's Da Vinci Code is one of the purveyors of such erroneous hype, stating, The church burned at the stake an astounding five million... That's so many women! Five million? I mean, even over the course of 300... Years. That's many women to be burned at the stake. It's a
1: sobering thought.
0: Very sobering, uh, which would be astounding if true. Oh. <laughs> the actual numbers are far lower, but still striking. Between 1482 and 1782, around 100,000 100, people across Europe were accused of witchcraft, and some forty to 50,000 were executed. Still many people executed for witchcraft, but not necessarily burned and not necessarily all women. And And, not five. And surely not five million. I don't know where he got that research. Um,
1: He also claims or like seems to imply that it's this wave of prosecution in the late Middle Ages that uh, drives women out of spiritual affairs because there's no female Orthodox rabbis, Catholic priests, nor Islamic clerics. The once hallowed act of Jairos Gamos, the natural sexual union between man and woman through which each became spiritually whole had been recast as a shameful act. And the excision of women from most of religion happened significantly before the inquisition. It's I'm going to blame St. Paul mostly, <laughs> Um like, there, there, in the early Christian church, there were some woman clerics, and then when Paul's interpretation of the Jesus message kind of became the main one, he was uh, pretty misogynistic. Oh, yeah. So, blame St. Paul. I don't like him. Um, <laughs> fuck that guy. The
0: way they describe Hieros Gamos here is the natural sexual union between man and woman through which each became spiritually whole, which just sounds like sex. It is, yes. a, it is not that. It is like a reenactment of, like, deities copulating.
1: Well, like... I'm sure that it's not going to come up anymore in the book, so it's not like he did <laughs> that much research into it.
0: <laughs> um, And then there's a bit here about gauche and sinistra, and Ugh. do you have something to say about that? To this
1: day, radical thought was considered left-wing, and anything evil was sinister. The association of political leftism with the, like... Actual direction of left just comes from where delegates were seating in the national convention during the French Revolution. It has nothing to do with the idea of evil. <laughs> uh, and I'd argue the political right is more evil than the political left. <laughs> uh,
0: Welcome to the politics code. Yeah, it's, uh, it's
1: Praxis Hour with Forrest and Lena. <laughs> <laughs> um, praxis is where you talk, right?
0: <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Um, oh, and we get our favorite Hopi word Which oh. we thought
1: yesterday was, were <clears throat> two words But it turns out it's no, the same No, Dan one. Brown has not learned a second Hopi word He's bringing us the same Hopi word from Angels and Demons back It's Koyanis Kvatsi Life <gasps> out of balance Not only to describe the Traffic congestion in Rome But can also imply the unstable situation Marked by testosterone-fueled wars A plethora of misogynistic societies And a growing disrespect for Mother Earth
0: I'm still down to start a band Mother called Mother Earth.
1: <laughs> <laughs> the s- divine feminine.
0: <laughs> I'm still down to start a band called Kiana Squatsy. I don't know if that is like in bad taste.
1: Yeah, it's. Our, we'll call our first album Appropriation.
0: <laughs> <laughs> It'll only be about Dan Brown books. Yeah, yeah, be
1: good. And uh, just as Sophie's continuing to have ideas about So Dark the Con of Man, the museum security guard comes in and makes Robert Langdon lay face down on the ground like an inverted Vitruvian man.
0: At yeah. gunpoint.
1: But Sophie's apparently somewhere else in the room or something, so yeah, she's, she's not escaped. there. Because
0: yeah. <clears throat> she's already walked over to the next painting, and she's like, yeah. over here, but like...
1: And it's a dark room, I guess, so he doesn't see her.
0: <laughs> I guess she turns off the black light to like hide herself. I don't know. Okay, back to Censored piece. Uh He is... Shamashing that uh tile in the floor
1: yep. he's found a candlestick made of iron that he can smash open flagstones with
0: right, but he has to um wrap it in his cloak, so he's just standing there in his loin swaddle
1: sexy set. we
0: love loin swaddles here at the Dan Brown code um and so she he reaches in there and grabs uh the tablet much like he felt like Moses um. And it says Job thirty eight eleven, And he's like, ah, those cunning fucking Priory of Scion dudes. They're always using the Bible against us, but we've got them. We've got their secret. Right. Yeah.
1: And it's a church. So there's a Bible nearby that you can go look it up in.
0: Right. But before he does, we cut over to Sister Sandrine, who's like, oh, shit. This guy is from Opus Dei. I can tell because yeah. he's, uh, he's scars. He's got
1: scars on his back.
0: Yeah. Um, so she's going to go to her secret envelope and open it. And, uh, there's four Paris phone numbers. And I was like, oh no, 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 <laughs> no, no. <laughs> I know what those numbers are for. Um, and so she starts to place phone calls and, uh, he goes to the Bible. He checks out Job, uh, chapter 38, verse 11. And it just says, hitherto sh- that shalt thou come, but no further. Owned. Fucking owned. <laughs> Amazing.
1: Man, okay, those clever Sené show with their secret,
0: and this is as far as we got, right?
1: I think so, yeah, yeah,
0: awesome. We're just moving through it. <laughs> okay, so we're back, and Claude Grouard is uh, simmering with rage as he stands over uh, his prostrate captive
1: and uh, then Sophie's like, "Hey, I'm with the police, Shit." I, lost, I can't do my women French accent anymore. I was able to do it last, last time, and I can't anymore.
0: I'm sorry. Um, Can you try radiating strength through your soft features?
1: Je suis une gendarme. <laughs> 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 um, and uh, she says she's with the police, and uh, let this man go. I'm also Jacques Saunier's granddaughter, who you may remember, because you've been a security guard for a long time. And... Uh, He's not really buying it. And so, Sophie...
0: Sophie's like... She has a little bit of time, so she's investigating behind uh, the painting across from the Mona Lisa, the Madonna on the rocks.
1: Man, and, is that an anagram for anything?
0: Um, Yeah, actually, I'm glad you asked. It's an anagram for So Dark the Con of Man.
1: Oh. So, <laughs> so Robert Langdon was just a fucking idiot. Right.
0: Um... So she goes over there and uh, is she looks at the front of it. Obviously, there's nothing written on it because there's no glass in front of it, and you wouldn't like write on a painting. Mm-hmm. So she looks behind it because it's kind of like a tapestry mm-hmm. or not quite. Well, no, I
1: think it's I think it's just a painting in a frame. Yeah, but she like it's lifts like, the frame away from the wall a little bit.
0: Yeah, it's I think it's hanging right.
1: I maybe that could be. It's
0: hanging off of something. Anyway, um, so she kind of look checks behind it and kind of in the corner of where the frame is, um. Is the the key the neck or an, an object? But we mm-hmm. later find out it is the key. It's the same
1: key she found when she was a child, right? Um, and and then she's gonna deface some art to save Robert Langdon's life and freedom. <laughs> so somehow, without the guard noticing what she's doing, I guess she pulls the painting down off of the wall. And puts her knee like behind it, as though she's gonna ram her knee through it. And then she tells the security guard to like let Robert Langdon go, or she'll fuck up the painting.
0: Why her knee? Why not her foot? Uh,
1: bum, how much? Bum, how bum. much effort for
0: your knee to go through something? Is it? Does she have a very pointy knee?
1: Yes, it's her only non feature.
0: Okay, got it. <laughs> Um, so he can't shoot her um, because he would she has a six million dollar piece of body armor yeah, and I what is, what
1: is the Madonna on the rocks valued at? I bet it's more than six million dollars Can I
0: even f- value of i th- I Madonna think we shouldn't I think this
1: is what you were googling yesterday when the computer crashed
0: <laughs> oh. <laughs> okay, let's just uh <laughs> so far so good um, I'm not gonna look at it,
1: okay, but probably more than six million dollars yeah uh
0: do you, real quick. Do you remember that lady who, uh, restored that fresco?
1: Oh God, that rule. That was so good.
0: It's <laughs> still the best thing to happen on the internet. In my opinion, every
1: time that picture comes up across my timeline, I get a little smile out of it.
0: <laughs> she tried. Oh man. Okay. Were they able to fix it or no?
1: I hope not. Honestly, <laughs> they should keep it like that. It was so good.
0: Um, so she tells, Le- she basically, she's like, I'm going to destroy it. And then we skip over, I guess, five minutes. Um, and then Langdon is now free and they have the guard's gun. <laughs> <laughs> oh, how the turn tables.
1: Yes. Um, that's how that saying goes. <laughs> oh, how the turns have tabled. <laughs> on the ones and the twos.
0: <laughs> um. And so she's like, how did you know that it was the Madonna of the Rocks? And she's like, because I'm not a fucking idiot.
1: <laughs> I'm not going to miss another anagram, bitch.
0: <laughs> Chapter 31. Nope.
1: Oh, no. It's time for a break for a reading from the juvenilia of Dan Brown. Oh, and that music uh, comes Writing in. as Danielle Brown, 187 men to avoid. All
0: right, get that soft jazz. Let's do the numbers, everyone. <clears throat>
1: okay. Number 37. Men who wear dickies.
0: Why is that a problem?
1: Because they're waitstaff. 38. (laughs) Men who think baking soda is a beverage. Nobody's ever thought that.
0: Whoa, hold up. Wait, no, hold on. I did... There was... What book was I reading? I was reading... I read a book when I was a child where someone asked for bicarbonate of soda and it was like a murder mystery and that was like... It was a murder mystery and like someone asked... Like a, a police officer asked the baker, "Do you have any bicarbonate of soda? Um, because I have like a stomach ache." And the baker, quote baker, oh, didn't like... have any. And he was like, "You're a fraud and not a baker because you would have baking soda." Okay. Um, so I guess they used to drink it as like uh, like an antacid because it is a base. Um, but it's not a beverage. Is the, no. is, is the implication that this person is hungover so often that they need baking soda every morning?
1: No, I think it's just cuz it has the word soda in it.
0: Oh. <laughs> well, Dan Brown is an idiot because people do drink it.
1: Um, um, number 39, men who own a thigh master.
0: Well, they got toned thighs. You don't want to sk- again, Dan Brown skips leg day all the time.
1: Yeah, Dan Brown's a fucking noodle ass dweeb <laughs> Uh, number forty: Men who insist they read the Sports Illustrated swimsuit issue for the sports journalism.
0: There is there are literally no stories in it, right? Like I, I don't
1: know. I've never read the Sports Illustrated swimsuit issue because it's not the year nineteen hundred ninety five. There's <laughs> other ways to look at scandally clad.
0: I would like to know if you don't say that and you admit to reading this the swimsuit issue for the porn.
1: It's not porn. I mean, For it's, the softcore porn. There you go.
0: Um, does that make you better than if you try to explain it away with the sports journalism?
1: Yeah, it's honest. I'm just checking. Number 41, <laughs> men who play Nintendo.
0: That... My partner of four years was literally just on the switch last night playing Mario Tennis because he's a game designer, and well, like people are allowed to have. Sounds hobbies. like he's
1: a man to avoid. What year
0: was this published?
1: Uh, I think I want to say ninety-five.
0: Ninety-five.
1: Might be nine. Yeah, ninety-five. Okay. And uh, number forty-two, I men. Guess,
0: I'm sorry, really quick. Yeah. Um, I guess at the time that this is pu- published, if a grown man is playing Nintendo. Maybe that's like a sign of being a juvenile, just because of how how much video games have changed, right? Because like when David was when 1995, David was 18, so like that's an, an and he just has continued to play.
1: Yeah, Nintendo. but like I don't know. In that one season of uh, *Halt and Catch Fire*, Gordon's like really into Nintendo. He plays Duck Hunt. Although it's like a bad year for him, so it's like it is a sign of him being, having a problem. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> anyways. anyways watch, invalid. Guys, watch Halt and Catch Fire. It's really good. Don't watch the first season, but, like, it gets good after that.
0: Where do you watch Zoo? Also, what is Zoo?
1: Zoo's on Netflix. This is the best <laughs> show that's ever been created. <laughs> uh, I think it was on CBS. It's just. It, it's. The first episode's, like, a little rough, but it gets so fucking zany and wild and out of control. It's the fucking wild. So, what is it about? It So. It, it doesn't really have a co- cohesive through line, but the basic idea is what if animals got super smart and evil and decided to kill us? Whoa! Um,
0: I was hoping it was like an Animorphs type thing. No,
1: no, 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 no. Um, although by the third and final season, like the problem is hybrids of genetically mutated animals and stuff. And, okay. uh, it's It's just insane. <laughs> it's so good. And like, I don't believe it existed. It's, man...
0: I don't remember it ever being on TV. I would have heard I of it, was,
1: it. I think it was on CBS. It just—it it was just canceled. And man, the, se- the series finale is very upsetting. It, makes, <laughs> it really makes me want a fourth season. There's—it's—it's it's a real cliffhanger, guys.
0: So I'm gonna watch it. I'm excited.
1: Um, number forty-two is men who don't wear underwear because Dan Brown hates the Scots.
0: <laughs> I mean. Like never wear underwear Or like occasionally go commando
1: It says men who don't wear underwear I'm not sure if that implies Ever or sometimes Or what
0: You know I think part of this is that like I often forget that like white people don't wash their butts Every time they go poop And That's gross if you don't wear underwear Cause now your that's pants true. have like you know Tire tire streaks or whatever yeah. they're called So yeah if it's like a, That's gross um,
1: On the other hand, sometimes it's very nice to go commando every night. No, and No, it again. is. It is
0: nice to go commando. I, I know. Like, it's, it's, so sometimes you just don't want to wear underwear. It's liberating. It's liberating. Um, so, but in moderation, I think. Northeasterners
1: hate liberation. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Ironic, considering. Psychotic Puritan freaks. <laughs> All right. Is that it?
1: Uh, that's it for this time of Men to Avoid. So, now you know. Oh, Educate man. yourself.
0: I I had to leap to the defense of my partner there. That was. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. Dan Brown can catch these hands. I'm very upset.
1: <laughs> oh God, Dan Brown's a nerd. We want to beat him up. <laughs> Chapter thirty-one. They're dead. You're Sister so Sandrine out. stammered into a telephone in her San residence. Um. So yeah, she's called all of the numbers on the thing and all four of them are dead because they were Sonier and the Cine Show.
0: Yeah. Um, and so the... the mm, Silas? The, yes, thank you. Silas comes and uh, is like, what, where is it? Like, yeah, where's, where's, where's he the catches second? her on. Yeah.
1: Th- and, he, and she's like, I don't know, they just gave me these phone numbers. And then he's like, how could you be working with them? They are the enemy. And she's like, "Uh, you're the enemy. No God would like what you do. And then. um,
0: And she's like, he's like, well, how can I find out like where the thing is? And she's like, you can't. You literally killed everyone who would know.
1: Nice job, idiot. (laughs) And then he has a sudden explosion of rage and lashes out with the candlestick like a club. And Sister Sandrine dies.
0: Yep. Pour one out for a real one.
1: Her last feeling was not pain. It was an overwhelming sense of foreboding. So good for her. Good
0: for her. Uh, you know, she she died doing what she loved. Spy shit. Yeah. Yeah. Good for her. Defending the church and spy shit. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. 32. That's a real short chapter. That's yes. Like for, on me. Like for me, a page and a half. Uh,
1: yeah. Same.
0: Uh, wait, hold on. Is your book just my book, but like, like a smaller font and like this way? I think so, yeah. That's funny.
1: That's easier than the other one was. Are you on page 136? Yeah. Cool.
0: Okay. <laughs>
1: we can use page numbers, guys. <laughs> um In chapter 32, they've now exited the Louvre and are at Sophie's car, which is a stupid smart car. And Robert Lane has never seen one before. They're a mystery to him.
0: Um I the first time I saw a smart car was in Paris in 2005, so this is like the time that that was a thing. Um, so she's driving, she's driving super fast. Uh, Robert Langdon does that smart boy thing again of assuming the plans of others, and uh, she's he's like he he thinks she's going to drive through the cult, the, the middle of
1: the roundabout, yeah,
0: the middle of the roundabout, and she's he's like, no, there's a inverted pyramid in there, and she knows that because she lives in Paris. Um, and so it obviously doesn't. Off,
1: oh, honestly, I don't think a smart car could break through any hedge.
0: Oh no. They're made of like literally a, a Coke <laughs> can <laughs> just like spread out really. Thin. Yeah. Um, okay. Continue. There's just a,
1: there's just a very boring car chase. Um, and we get a little description of the Madonna on the rocks. Now that we've left the painting and it's not that interesting. Um, and Sophie shows Langdon the key that she got.
0: Right, that takes some time because uh, she doesn't show him. She's like, "Oh, I don't have time to show you this key. Uh, I'll show you when we're safe at the embassy." Right, uh-huh. and then they go to the embassy, and then it's not safe because there's police everywhere, and she's like immediately like, "Okay, look at this key." Yeah,
1: and on the way back from the embassy is when we get a flashback to the dark day where we learn that Sophie's grandfather was no Christian. Uh, one time she got home from grad school in England and she was going to surprise her grandpa but he wasn't at his Paris apartment so she borrowed a friend's car to go uh, where is his country home Um, she says where it is Uh, in Normandy oh okay and so she drives up there and looks like her grandma's having a party because there's a bunch of fancy cars outside, but the lights are all off and she goes inside and there's nobody there. And then she hears weird chanting through the wall and notices that a tapestry has been pulled aside. And so she goes downstairs. Sorry, like
0: we skipped like all of...
1: What? I didn't skip anything.
0: We skipped all of 20, 32. This is basically. in 32. No, it's not. This is not. 33. No,
1: this is not chapter 32. It is not. <laughs> I'm on page 130, 140
0: okay it is
1: (laughs) (laughs) nice try um she goes down the stairs there's people in robes the women are in white and the men are in black and they're swaying and chanting and in the middle of the circle something is happening but we're not told what it is everyone's wearing masks because it's eyes wide shut and uh then she runs away and leaves a the key to the house and a note on the stand that says, I was there. Don't try to find me. Cause she's disillusioned and betrayed by her grandpa. She's nauseous. She's furious. She never wants to see him again. Mm-hmm. And that's when they see all the cops at the embassy.
0: Um, I mean, I just don't like this it's the stupid. thing that he does where he's like, you're, again it's it's um third person omnipotent but you can't see everything in the heads like no
1: because he has to keep some of the mystery to tell us a few chapters later
0: and like if you if you're withholding information so that it can be more interesting later then you don't have a very interesting book that's just what it is (laughs) um
1: Oh, man. So yesterday we discovered that in the paperback edition, (laughs) there's all kinds of like weird little Easter eggs and shit. Oh, yeah. And so in the, you know, when you're reading a book and like along the top of it, there's on the one side, like the author's name, the other side, the title of the book. Uh, On this page, the the beginning of chapter 33, instead of saying Dan Brown, it just says S.O.S.
0: Oh, shit. It says S.O.S.? Yeah. The other ones that we found were the Ankh-Fendile, which... It says his knife handle online, but it's very stupid, because why would it be knife handle? Uh, There's, uh, on page 89 of your book, not my book, uh, it says the Delonx Code, which I think is candles. Um,
1: It's just murder weapons from Clue.
0: (laughs) You can't kill someone (laughs) with a knife handle.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I mean, you could if you tried really hard. I guess.
0: on page one twenty eight, it's das brilli, which is billiards. You know how you kill people with billiards. So dumb. Um, on page one thirty one, la Suffrette, um which it, is not a word. It means
1: the suffragette. It, it does not.
0: It doesn't. Um, it just it is true. F- is that the first one we found? Yeah.
1: Yeah. I thought uh, I thought I just discovered like a error in the book, but it turns out they're playing typographical games with us.
0: I like das brilli a lot. Das
1: brilli is great. <laughs> um,
0: uh, and now we found S.O.S.
1: S.O.S. Save our smart car. <laughs> it's tearing through diplomatic corridor. Uh, they're trying to figure out what's up with this key. Langdon's never seen one like it. There's a cross on it uh, with four even-sided arms, mm-hmm. which makes it not a Christian cross, even though there are various Christian crosses that use equal length arms. Um <laughs> But Langdon says, since you can't use it as a torture device because it'd be impractical, it's not a Christian cross. And then he says he's surprised how a few Christians who gaze upon the crucifix realize their symbol's violent history. Which
0: Yeah, so is
1: fucking stupid. It's like the central part of Christianity.
0: Um no, it's not it's not the, that they don't understand the violent history. It's that they don't so I had the same thought where I was like, oh, that's the main thing about Christianity. Yeah. But it's about Uh, The history being reflected in its very name. The cross and crucifix come from the Latin verb cruciare to
1: torture. torture. Okay, still stupid. We all know it because the fucking cruciatus (laughs) curse.
0: Best seller off.
1: Anyways... Uh, their balanced vertical and horizontal elements convey a natural union of male and female, making them symbolically consistent with the priory philosophy. Stupid, stupid.
0: Wait, I'm sorry. Um, there was a thing in thirty two that I that we skipped over that I, I wanted I want to discuss. A what couple things. Um, hold on. Where is it? Um, where is it? Damn it! Fuck. Hold on. Give me a second.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: It's. They mentioned the name of a hotel. And I'll find it. But every time they mention the name of... Oh, Hotel de Crian, it's on 139. Um, every time they mention a hotel, I'm scared now. Because are they going to end up at that hotel at the end of this?
1: Oh, God. Oh, I, I remember where they end up at the end of this. No.
0: No? Oh, thank God. <laughs> because last time we got the Hotel Hotel Bernini, yeah. and then they were like, now they're shacked up at the Hotel Bernini. You've oh, never don't worry. They're the still gonna don't. I mean, they're going to fuck, but does it have to be at the hotel? <laughs> Um, also, they say that it's a laser-tooled varying matrix.
1: You're a laser-tooled <laughs> varying matrix. Gotcha.
0: <laughs> but they say that it's impossible to duplicate. Is it? I, I don't know. How could it keep impossible I don't, I don't, to duplicate? I don't know
1: anything about laser-tooled varying <laughs> matrices. Aside from the fact that you are one. Um,
0: Can you block off an embassy? Is that allowed?
1: But i don't know (laughs) you 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 have the political science major that's true isn't that what you talk about
0: i feel like that should be there should be a law against that but i don't know
1: anyways Um, so they do a whole thing to try to throw the police off where they go to a train station use sophie's credit card or robert's credit card to buy a train ticket to nice or something and then pay a taxi driver cash to meet them around the back so they won't be seen, and then get on a taxi to head out of Paris. Okay. And that's the rest of Chapter 33, unless you yep. want to talk about that.
0: That's, oh, we talk about the watch, right?
1: Oh, yeah. So if he's like, that's an interesting watch you have, a Mickey Mouse watch. And... and oh, my God. Do you have... Do I have a, what? Do you have a watch thing to say? I do have a watch okay. thing.
0: Um, she says, he says, she says, interesting watch. And he goes, Long story. And it is not, because we just got the story a minute ago. Here's the story. Um, hold on. The story is just like, my parents gave it to me for my 10th birthday.
1: It keeps me young at heart. It keeps me young at heart. Also, it says it's 2.51 a.m. and Mickey's arms were skewed at an awkward angle, indicating the equally awkward hour. It's fucking not an awkward <laughs> angle. It's just, a, just the Y from I'm <laughs> I'm doing it right now. <laughs> This, uh, fucking idiot. Um, Are you doing
0: a, a time thing for this one or no? Uh
1: in theory, yes. In practice, no. <laughs> okay. Uh Bishop Aringarosa is getting picked up from the airport in a Vatican town car, uh-huh. and it's not as fancy as Aringarosa would like it to be because now the Vatican's poor or something.
0: Mm-hmm. 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 Um we get some Pope stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, where it says, um, not a fan of the current papal administration. Aaron Garosa, like most conservative c- clergy had watched with grave concern as the new Pope settled into his first year in office. So it is Pope Luke. It yeah. isn't Pope with the other one.
1: Um, John Paul, II. John Paul, II. No, but we knew that the problem was that, um, There's been a Pope in between John Paul II and Luke, and we don't know when that Pope came into office. The one who died at the beginning of Angels and Demons. We don't know what his deal was.
0: Right. Because John Paul II didn't die until much later. Until,
1: like, after this book was published. So, like, when this book was published, John Paul II was still the Pope. And when Angels and Demons published, he was was the Pope. But he was not the Pope who died at the beginning of Angels and Demons. And
0: it's not as though...
1: Because John Paul II does not have an adopted Spanish... Son or something,
0: <laughs> and John Paul. It, it mentions that John Paul II did, so it's the same John Paul II. Yeah, so who he, is presumably he, still alive? Yeah,
1: he's in this universe, but in this universe, something's happened to John Paul II where he's not pope anymore. So maybe he died in like the eighties or some shit.
0: What happened? I don't know.
1: That's, what that's my question.
0: Um, okay, so it is uh, Pope Mortari or Pope Luke, Luke the yeah. first. Um. There's a lot of stuff here about the Vatican II fiasco. I don't know what that is.
1: It's the... I mean, the it's it was a big conference they had sometime in the 20th century. I'm not sure exactly when. But, like, the big thing out of it is that now masses are in the vernacular and not in Latin. And some people are not a fan of it. Mm,
0: okay. Man. These people got to get some problems.
1: Yeah. Vatican II so is sort of talked about a lot.
0: Mm, mm-hmm.
1: um, and me? Oringarosa has a meeting... Um, at the Castel Gandolfo, which is like the Pope's residence outside of Rome. It's like a Renaissance castle. And Oryngoros is pissed because it's also the home of the papal observatory and he hates science.
0: Right. We're, we're reading the redundancy code. Like we've gone back into what was the rationale for fusing science and faith? We can't ever mix those two. And it's like, we just yeah, read this, this We
1: read the entire book about it. it. It sucked.
0: Also, isn't there like a secret church meeting in uh origin yeah in a castle yes in the hills
1: yes okay just (laughs) correct it might be in a monastery but still i mean uh and oringorios is worrying about why hasn't silas or the teacher called him yet and that's kind of it
0: um it says here we go trying to ease his nerves the bishop meditated on the purple amethyst ring amethyst in his ring feeling the textures of the maitre Crozier applique and the facets of the diamonds. Again, we don't need to... You can just say the amethyst. Like, yes. we we got. We know what the, it looks like. Um, uh, bah, bah, bah. It's, uh, he reminded himself that this ring was a symbol of power far less that, than that which he would soon attain. First of all, yeah, ugly good, good sentence. <laughs> Second of all, tell, don't show, right? <laughs> Can you tell us about this massive power without being like, the power was very great. The great power that he would soon <laughs> attain. <laughs> like
1: it's the Captain Planet Rings. <laughs> <laughs> That's why he's fixated on his ring, because he wants more rings that actually have power. Um the next chapter of oh, it's the, it's then actually buying the train ticket I thought they bought last time. Oh
0: wait, I'm so sorry. There's one thing that is important. Uh-huh. Um it says he goes to. He went to this meeting a while back, right? Mm-hmm. And then the shocking. He received some shocking news, and it says it was not until an hour later as he staggered from the meeting that the devastating implications settled in. Six f- months from now, he had thought. God help us, so we have like there's some kind of like race against the clock for him oh, yeah. where the church is going to be destroyed in six months. okay. Church is always going to be destroyed. Mm-hmm. That is a constant. Um, also, this book is just full of people who like see things that are upsetting and then like Kramer through doors <laughs> <laughs> um, Sophie did um, the sexy Camerlengo did a lot of Kramer yeah, through doors anyway. True.
1: So, we're in the train station. Uh, they're buying the train ticket. The important thing that happens is Langdon smells alcohol on the key, and they realize it has black light writing on it, and right. it's an address.
0: Uh, they, they do the bait-and-switch again, where she's, like, going to... She asks him to buy the, the ticket with his yes. credit card, so that they think that they've gone somewhere, which doesn't really work, because yeah. Flash is too, too sharp. Um, it says... Oh, no. Would it still smell like rubbing alcohol? Like...
1: I mean, they've been handling a lot. Like, I bet it would have rubbed off. But for the sake of the book, it well, still does. I mean, alcohol oh, evaporates, also, yeah. right? Well, <laughs> we got to get through this fucking book somehow. I
0: know. Okay. Um, wouldn't Fash be suspicious that the man who he thinks killed Sophie's grandfather is getting along with her so well? Like, especially since he knows she's seen the original and that she's, like, trying to save him and, like... Left this message for him. Like, wouldn't he?
1: Once the bull sees that fucking red cape, he's on a mission and is not stopping to think anymore.
0: I guess he does a lot of thinking, though. <laughs> well,
1: yeah, but not about his base assumptions. Got
0: it. Um, back to Fesh. Yep. Oh, uh, and they they get in a, a cab. Yeah, right? they you get they that, get yeah. in the
1: cab. They paid off to wait in the back and to get to the address on the key. They're going to have to go through bois the de bois de Boulogne and. Let me tell you guys, it's going to be a bummer.
0: Oh, yeah. I've been through the Bois de Boulogne before. Is it like
1: Dan Brown describes it?
0: Oh, yeah. It actually really is. Huh. Um, but I wouldn't describe it in such awful ways. <laughs> um, we'll get there. Anyway, chapter 36. Um, so there's this thing here where she's like, he's like, I'm going to call Interpol and we're going to like put... You know, put everyone's face everywhere and tell the. Gonna taxi put out an APB
1: and, for Robert Langdon and Sophie Neveu.
0: And uh, Cole is like, but she's one of our own, and he's like, well, she's sided with the enemy here. Um, which is, by the way, the exact plot of National Treasure, because the, the woman there is a curator of the National Archives, and yeah. they're like, we're after one of our own, and so they're like, well, she's run off with this Gates fellow.
1: It does happen. <laughs> I've seen the movie once. It sounds like you've seen it a lot I've of seen times. it maybe 12
0: times. <laughs> my best, one of my best friends in high school, Kelsey Duet, shout out, um, that's her favorite film, so like, every okay. time we didn't know what to do, we would watch National Treasure. It's a good movie, I like no, it. No, it's, it's fine. <laughs> um...
1: Is it John Cusack or Nicolas Cage? Just Nicolas Cage, right? Nicolas Cage. I get those two confused literally all the time, and That's I don't very know why. Funny. No one else that I've talked to is ever convinced they look the same, but I think they look identical to each other.
0: They don't, but okay. Like <laughs> the entire
1: time I was watching the film 2012, I thought it was Nick Cage, but it was John Cusack the whole time. <laughs>
0: um, okay, the second to last line here says A female cryptologist and a school teacher. They wouldn't last till dawn.
1: They're called cryptologists.
0: <laughs> a couple things. So it doesn't matter that she's a female cryptologist. I mean, I guess to fash it does. And then also, he's not a school teacher. He's a symbolic. A, f- a female
1: cryptologist and a male school teacher. <laughs>
0: right. They wouldn't last till dawn. Um, okay, so they go, they're go. they going through the Bas de, de Boulogne, which the Parisian cognoscenti know as the Garden of Earthly Delights. Uh Canyocenti meaning those who are in the know.
1: He calls the Garden of Earthly Delights by Bosch uh Dark and Twisted. Which I think is mean. I love the Garden of Earthly Delights. I think it's beautiful and like I don't think it's like dark and twisted. It's like weird. But There's it's, it's like of, light and pleasant and nice and cool. There
0: are a lot of uh very menacing descriptions of uh paintings that are fine like i looked at the madonna on the rocks yeah. right where he's like and she's got her hand clutched out like mm-hmm. a claw and then uh the baby john has his hand out like he's like slitting yeah. a throat and i look at it and they're just like <laughs> it's
1: <a nice> painting. <laughs>
0: they're just doing renaissance stuff well
1: maybe you saw the bowlerized one he painted that they have in the i London did not Museum. i saw the,
0: the, the right one yeah i'm looking at the garden of earthly delights it's very nice
1: it's cool our local uh Artisanal cidery has a, a been blown up on the walls in the bathroom. Does it? Yes. <laughs> in in the
0: men's bathroom or? I've
1: never been in the women's bathroom, but I assume is it's it in the men's. It's bathroom? in the men's room. Okay. I assume it's also in the women's room.
0: Okay. Um. So I've been to this place, the Bois de Boule. It's a it's like a road that goes through a wooded area, and there are a lot of sex workers along it, um, who are you know, just like out doing their sex worker thing and like advertising their wares, you know, and like,
1: it sounds like it's a purgatory for freaks and fetishists.
0: That's what he said. <laughs> uh, I, re- when I was a kid. I was like 11 and I was in Paris with my family because um, we stopped over on the way to Tunisia and we were in, we didn't, did we rent a smart car? We may have. And we had a little GPS system. It was 2005. And, um, was it 2005? It's not
1: important. It's not.
0: Um, <laughs> I didn't want to say it. <laughs> um, but we, we we took a wrong turn on a on a on a roundabout, and uh, we go down. <laughs> and the poor gps is just going turn around when possible turn around when possible and there's no place to turn around so we're like trapped on this (laughs) road that is not appropriate for 11 11 year old lena and like one year old omar and my (laughs) parents are like what do we do and it's just like turn around when possible it was (laughs) hilarious
1: that's pretty good um
0: so yeah they're underage uh or not necessarily underage, two topless teenage girls, uh, and then a well-oiled black man in a G-string flexing his buttocks. And then a very transphobic thing that I don't want to say out loud. Um, Yeah. Happy Pride, everyone.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And then, if that wasn't uh, stomach-turning enough for you, we get a really stupid history of the Knights Templar. Uh, And by extension the prior of scion so when the crusaders conquered jerusalem the french king godfrey de bouillon immediately after he conquers the city uh founded apparently the prior of scion which he did not <laughs> and the prior of scion to run a big cover-up for themselves founded the knights templar who uh Apparently, look through the temple for something, and the discovery of that something is what makes them such an incredibly rich organization, which is why they got persecuted by nation states afterwards because they were so rich because of the secret they found. When, in fact, the Knights Templar amassed their vast sums of wealth by essentially inventing modern banking systems. You could deposit your money with the Knights Templar in, like, France before you went on a crusade. And then when you got to Jerusalem, you didn't have to carry all your money with you. You just had a little slip from the Knights Templar that said, hey, I have this money that's deposited at the temple in France. Uh, I can spend it here, please. And it was like,
0: okay. Um, are the Knights Templar the same as the Knights of the Round Table? They are not. Okay.
1: The Knights of the Round Table never existed, and they're part of Arthurian <laughs> myth. Um, the Knights Templar did exist, and were a powerful organization of fighting monks.
0: Is it possible that the Knights Templar learned how to do modern banking from the secret that they found? Uh,
1: maybe, but that's not what Dan brown says <laughs> my
0: question My question really is, um, like how do they get rich off the secret like like
1: who Did knows? they sell
0: it? Did they, no. Yeah. Was it covered in gold?
1: It was the Philosopher's Stone. It allowed, it allowed them to turn base metals into gold.
0: Was it actually the book The Secret in which you put out positive thoughts yes. and like wealth comes through. <laughs> it it to was. You?
1: <laughs> um, and then he says that the Knights Templar on their tunics had an equal armed cross, much like the one on the key, which is not true. The Knights Templar had a normal ass cross on their tunics. He's thinking of the Knights of the Holy Sepulcher who had a Jerusalem cross, which is an equal armed cross with four smaller crosses inside of each of the hollows of the larger cross. But we're not dealing with facts. We're dealing with Dan Brown's bullshit. (laughs) When
0: you get to Knights I think it really, it really gets Forrest in like a very sensitive
1: place. <laughs> it's my middle fucking name. <laughs> I
0: forgot that you have the best name. Sometimes, and it's not my place to do this, but I just tell people that I know a guy named Forrest. It's a good ass name. And you're <laughs> tell them your full name. They're like, really? And I'm like, yes.
1: Yeah, no, it's really good. It was almost Thor.
0: <laughs> your first name was almost my Thor? My first name
1: was almost Thor. Uh, I, I feel like my life would have gone in a different direction. I'd be playing football.
0: Maybe you'd be a white supremacist.
1: <laughs> I might be a white supremacist. I mean, Forrest is a pretty white supremacist ass name. It is uh my 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 parents were not aware of that at the time (laughs) uh (laughs)
0: the only other forest i have ever met was a white supremacist uh
1: there was a guy who went to school with who was named forest well there's two guys i went to school with one was when i was in high school he was in middle school he also played the saxophone he was a shithead he thought (laughs) he was better than i was but he wasn't um and then another one in college was in my conducting class Mm -hmm. and he was not better at conducting than i was but he was better at whatever his main instrument was. It wasn't When He played guitar or something. Oh, okay. Um so that's uh Forest that I've known. <laughs> <laughs> uh Knights Templar, they got prosecuted by the Pope and got mostly executed, but uh since they did that, then the prior scion was allowed to continue because they were the secret secret organization where the Templars were the public face of them. And they took whatever the secret documents the Templars had, and they think they took them to England, but maybe not.
0: Um, There's a bit here where it says uh, the knights took up their meager residence in King Baldwin's uh, inside a devastated shrine. Um,
1: Yeah, it's the ruins of the Great Temple.
0: Right. Um, And I just the way that it's described is very funny because it's like they show up and they're like, you know, we're poor. Like, could we like just sit in that like very ancient shrine? And he's like, no, like we have beds. Like I'm a King. Like how about a bed? And they're like, no no no. no, 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 We really want to sleep in this like crazy shrine over here. Why? You know, like for no reason,
1: just cause just
0: shrine stuff. Um,
1: and yeah. the key thing here is the collection of documents or whatever that the Knights have, uh, Sophie's like, well, I've never heard of this. This sounds important. And he's like, oh, you have heard of it, just by not by its real name. We always call it the Sangreal." And then she says, the Sangreal Does that have anything to do with the French word song or Spanish sangre, meaning blood? And Langdon nods um, and says that actually... It's an ancient word that has evolved over the years into another term, a more modern name. When I tell you it's modern name, you'll realize you already know a lot about it. In fact, almost everyone on Earth has heard the story of the Graal, And then you split it into Graal and get Holy Grail, apparently. Um,
0: um, he, so, he, so, so she asks, like, does that have to do with blood? And he goes, like, he thinks, oh, yes, it does. But he does not explain why.
1: No, and like, he doesn't know. Well, he, he does have a theory why. His current book's about it the book he's about yeah. to publish. Yeah. No, he
0: says the legend is complicated, but don't worry your pretty little head. Oh, yeah, no. You know, it's just it's important.
1: We'll save that for another le- another lecture chapter later on. Yeah.
0: Um this 38.
1: Holy shit, the lecture continues. <laughs> oh my god.
0: <laughs> this is where we find out that it's the Holy Grail right here. Yeah. Um and then we talk about the chalice
1: yeah it's not um, the holy grail is not a cup at all it's actually that of a chalice which is a metaphor for something else far more powerful that fits with everything your grandpa's been about and then he doesn't want to tell her what it actually is um
0: we we get a um a cutaway to him talking to his editor which is not helpful because he, we still don't know what it is no he's like his, his editor's he's like, I, says what? So like,
1: i can't publish this I I, I can only publish pictures of Um, (laughs) Spider-Man. Basically.
0: He also says, you're a Harvard historian, for God's sake, not a pop schlockmeister looking for a quick buck. And I said, yeah, you're not, Robert Langdon. Leave the (laughs) pop schlockmeistering to the real pop schlockmeisters, like Dan Brown.
1: (laughs) But then Langdon pulls out a bibliography of other books that have already done the exact same thing the book he wants to publish does. That's right. And I was like, "Those are those are real historians." Yeah,
0: like Sir Lee Teabing.
1: Sir Lee Teabing. Lee Teabing. Who remember that name? He's a British royal historian who wrote a book about this same Holy Grail theory. Oh yeah. And uh, then there's this crossover of well-selling novels it's uh, so it's, it these books me. can't possibly compete with centuries of established history especially when that history is oh so like the editor's like why haven't i heard of this crazy holy grail nonsense before and Langdon's like oh even these uh books by eminent historians can't compete with centuries of established history especially when that history is endorsed by the ultimate bestseller of all time <laughs> Faulkman's <laughs> eyes went wide <laughs> don't tell me harry potter is actually about the holy grail and <laughs> and like the crazy thing about that is like that's before this book was the best selling <laughs> novel of all time.
0: This before he 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 manifested it into the universe. Oh, um, he
1: used a secret.
0: <laughs> he used a secret, and then and then a million people read it, and then it became the best seller <laughs> And now the history is a different history is endorsed <laughs> now by the, this now the best selling
1: novel of all time is about the Holy Grail. <laughs> Holy shit! Oh, this is fucked up. <laughs> but Langdon actually meant the Bible. Um, and Falkman's embarrassed that he didn't know that.
0: Anyway, back in the, in the cab, since he's apparently just cut off their, their conversation and <laughs> has gone into like a just fugue state. Reverie, yeah, <laughs> And is thinking about the time that he spoke <laughs> to his editor. Uh, Sophie realizes that, uh, over the radio or something or over mm-hmm. the dispatch, they're like, look for an American, Robert Langdon and a woman, uh, agent sophie neveau and she's like ah fuck and so she like at gunpoint makes a taxi driver get out of the car and And
1: robert's like weirded out about it even though robert langton carjacked a guy in italy just a year ago
0: right um yeah at gunpoint right yes yeah um
1: he like describes like the gun feels awkward in his hands and like what's going on and, uh, she tells Robert he's gonna drive, and he's like, uh, 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 I, 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 and he gets in the driver's seat anyways before he finishes his thing, but he sucks and can't drive stick.
0: Yeah, that's right. Um, it's not, Which, like...
1: Which, Robert Lane's like, a child of the fucking 70s. He should be able to drive a stick. He
0: absolutely should. Also, he, so much of his, uh, life is about, like, being... Like
1: like, a macho man.
0: A, a macho man, like, and, like, analog and, like, very yeah. cool, and he should be able to drive stick. Um... The uh, Bois de Boulogne is not this long, <laughs> unless he had like an instant flashback, but like they've been talking for a long time. They about got the, the entire Gale.
1: history of the Knights Templar, which is even longer than <laughs> I spent on it.
0: <laughs> okay. Chapter 39. We're almost done. Almost done. Okay.
1: Um, what's happening in chapter All I said here was
0: racist. I don't even remember what happened in here.
1: What was racist? Oh, oh yeah.
0: White like an angel. That's what was racist. Yeah, He's albino.
1: Yeah. Uh, just Silas is whipping himself for killing that nun,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and then uh, Oringarosa's. He's remembering back on Oringarosa telling him it's okay to be albino because he's white and beautiful like an angel. That's right. Which, uh, so this is like one of my favorite church history things. <laughs> so, in like the year five or six hundred or so, uh, Pope Gregory something or other. It might have been Gregory the Great. Sent off uh, one Augustine, but not that Augustine to go convert the English to Christianity. Mm -hmm. And the reason he did it, according to stories, it has a series of puns like this one. So he's walking through Rome and he sees some slaves for sale and they're like white and blonde. And he's like, Oh, who are these people? Where are they from? And, um, the guy's like, Oh, they're, uh, angli they're english Uh and pope gregory goes oh no non angli said angeli not english but angels (laughs) and so he decides he wants them to become christians and then at some point um there's a second pun that i forget what it is but then finally he's like oh who rules over them and they're like oh king Allah." Alleluia says pope gregory (laughs) it's so cool (laughs) it's so good
0: i could get down with pope gregory
1: um so yeah, that, that's that's what remind that's what I was reminded of when Silas is white and beautiful like an angel okay. is known angly said Angeli.
0: Um. So so that's his main concerns here are that he's killed someone so now he has to go on the run again. He doesn't want to go mm-hmm. back to prison. He's saying like Bishop Ringarosa will protect me. I will just hide inside forever. Um. But also he has to say that like he can't find it because he himself like destroyed the path to illumination. Mm-hmm. No, <laughs> the path to the secret of the Priory of Sion. Yes. Um.
1: Different treasure hunt now.
0: <laughs> That's it. Yeah. Um, oh also Noah was an albino?
1: Apparently. I didn't look into that. I've I've I what? think I've never heard that outside of this book, but maybe.
0: Was Noah an albino?
1: But Noah did invent wine.
0: Did he? Mm-hmm. Surely there was wine
1: before Noah. Not mentioned in the Bible. Okay. And like the first thing Noah does after his son sees him naked is um plant a vineyard and make wine <laughs> it's true <laughs> man in uh i have Maybe over there? No. i have a couple translations of the torah with really a lot of footnotes and in one of them the whole section where i forget whether it's ham or shem or japheth who sees noah's naked body uh-huh. but like there's a whole theory that the Cryptic language around that isn't just the sin was that he saw Noah naked, but that he had sex with Noah, and it was pretty fucked up.
0: Oh man!
1: So that was an exciting footnote to read. Oh, read the footnotes, guys. That was be exciting. <laughs> My other favorite footnote in that was, um oh, it's in Judges somewhere, and one of the judges collects. I think it's Samson or Shimshon is he is in that particular version. And he collects like 10,000 Philistine foreskins. And the footnote just says, a prodigious number. (laughs) (laughs) And I really liked it. Oh, man. Have you found anything about Noah being albino as Um, I've regaled us with Bible footnotes?
0: I It says, uh, the flesh of which was white as snow and red as a rose, the hair of, of whose head was white like wool and long whose eyes were beautiful.
1: Okay. So, so. maybe. So maybe. Um, and now we're back in the cab with Robert and Sophie. And eventually they switch driving because Robert can't drive stick. Mm-hmm. And they go to the address that the key gives them. Um, and
0: oh, I'm sorry. He swallows yeah. his machismo and jams <laughs> on the brakes. Which sounds what? like a very very gross. Uh, yeah, it doesn't sound great.
1: Yeah. Um. Uh, they talk about conspiracies for a while, but nothing interesting. It's just the same kind of thing we've been talking about.
0: Yeah, we talk about worldwide dash web chat rooms. <laughs> worldwide being one word, and then a dash, and then and then web. <laughs> yeah. A hyphen. Uh, Man,
1: the past is crazy.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, I've never seen it stylized that way though. It's always worldwide. Web and it's always capital W, capital W, capital W, and they're all different words,
1: huh? Huh, okay. I don't remember how I've seen it formatted. I'm
0: gonna, yeah, my,
1: my accursed AP style guide somewhere, somewhere. I don't, it might be in a box somewhere because I <laughs> keep it in a box hidden where no one can be poisoned by its bad advice. <laughs> Chicago style book, Chicago style book. <laughs> um, I agree. Thank God for the social sciences. Uh, yeah, like, all, all of your writing for the newspaper is online now. You don't need to save fucking ink on commas. You don't need to save column inches. Use a fucking Oxford comma, assholes. <laughs> Shape up, AP style Uh, Yeah, that's it. They pull up to the address, and they see the same equal-armed cross, and, oh, it's a Swiss bank.
0: <laughs> and he's like, oh, I forgot that, like, other people use this cross, such as the Red Cross, and... Uh, where the it, Swiss. There's, some, is there's, it? Some,
1: there's something he says, like, symbology can blind you to the. A career
0: hazard of was the tendency to extract hidden meaning from situations that had none. In this case, Langdon had entirely forgotten that the peaceful, equal armed cross had been adopted as the perfect symbol for the flag of neutral Switzerland. Um, at least the mystery was solved. Sophie and Langdon were holding the key to a Swiss bank deposit box.
1: So that's that section. What are you going to give it on a grade for just Dan Brownness? Uh,
0: B plus. B plus Dan Brownness. Okay. It just got like, it wasn't as like, he wakes up and then there's a dead man. You know, like last, last section was like the Dan Brown, right? Like it's hard to match that. But it was exciting. There was a change of vehicles. Mm-hmm. Um, there was like bait and switch and like sneaky stuff and uh, following like an attractive European woman around a city yeah. and uh, transphobia and very Dan
1: Brown. Yeah, I'm giving it a B.
0: B? Okay. Uh,
1: grade for enjoyment.
0: Yeah. Also, you know, like, would I say Silas is the most compelling vill- villain? No. No. But more compelling than the Hasso scene. Who is just evil? You know.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, Silas has like guilt,
0: right? And like motives and are... a
1: past and a drunk dad, and he killed his drunk dad. And... <laughs> That's exciting.
0: Ate rotten fish under a pier or something. Yeah. yeah. Um. What's oh for enjoyment? Uh, enjoyment. Um. Not not a lot of enjoyment this time there was a lot of of lecturing
1: it was just a long lecture with like driving interspersed throughout yeah it it, it sucked
0: and a lot of like rude things about about gender and sexuality yeah
1: i'm giving it a d for enjoyment for me
0: yeah i'm giving it like a, a i'll give it a d yeah it was, it was so much of it was like, can we skip this and get to the vagina analogs? Yeah, D for <laughs> like,
1: dang, hurry it up. <laughs> um, who is your angel for this chat section? This
0: section, it's got to be Sister Sandrine. I skipped over her last week because she didn't really do her thing. Mm-hmm. Today, she did what she came to do. Yeah, and unfortunately, and everyone was already dead.
1: Now she's an angel up in heaven. That's
0: right. And she died doing uh, what she wanted to do. When people die,
1: they don't become angels. <laughs> uh, angels are a different class of being um shut up (laughs) listen i lived alone for a long time i mostly argue with myself uh now i live with my parents do you still argue with yourself yeah a lot um Uh, my angel for this section is the cab driver who did nothing wrong and then got carjacked (laughs) by an asshole who couldn't even drive his car and fucked up his entire clutch system. (gasps)
0: To be fair, it was Sophie who carjacked him.
1: Well, Robert was complicit.
0: Oh, he was. Yeah. Oof. And it's Robert who fucked up his clutch. That's right.
1: Uh, do you have a demon for this section?
0: Hmm. Um. I guess... Maybe my demon is the the guy who works at the American Embassy for being an <laughs> asshole and like divulging like way too much information yes. to just a random guy on the phone.
1: <laughs> Hello, I am Robert Langdon. <laughs> How you say phone message?
0: And the guy's like, oh, "Well, actually, we've overhauled our entire message system, and it used
1: to be five numbers. <laughs> uh, commanditon three digit passcode." <laughs> And uh, he could have
0: just been like, I'm sorry, Michelle, like we don't have a message for you here.
1: Um, <laughs> uh, uh my demon has to be Silas. He literally killed a defenseless nun. <laughs> it's, it's like one of the worst things you can do. It's really bad.
0: <laughs> I mean in I, her
1: in her fucking bedroom. Yeah. It's so rude. I
0: mean, I guess I guess for me it's just like plot-wise, who is the demon? Who has done the worst things for the plot? But I guess <laughs> I mean, yeah, pour one out for a real one, Sandrine. I
1: miss her already. I miss
0: her so much. She was just old and alone in a in a church, in a creepy old haunted church.
1: Our second female speaking character in the book. Uh, I think that's true, right?
0: Do we not have any more?
1: Not that I can think of. Wow. <laughs> oh, nope. He was introduced at the lecture.
0: Oh, by the awful woman.
1: Uh-huh. Uh, <laughs> um, uh, I liked her.
0: Yeah, me too. I think she
1: should have been my angel last time. I (laughs) don't think I made her that. Anyways, um, follow us on social media and review us on the podcasting apps.
0: Yes, please do that. It helps a lot. And uh, you know we like to know what you think of us. It's yeah. important to us. We're both very concerned with the opinions of others.
1: And follow us personally on Twitter so we can boost our follower counts and increase our cloud score. Yes, I'm please. at Wishbone Ulysses. I'm
0: at Lena Jamili, L-I-N-A-J-E-M-I-L-I, and for the Dan Brown code, it's at Dan Brown Code Pod. Yes, that's correct. And you can find us on Facebook. You can email us at our Gmail, and uh, have a happy Pride yeah and uh don't say rude things about uh intersex and trans people don't use slurs don't use slurs and uh also convicts are people keep it wi- staccato <laughs> keep it staccato light and detached. that's my fucking
1: motto shit i've never thought of that before that's good
0: keep it staccato that's my fucking motto
1: hell yes um have a good one Bye.